Hi and welcome to Sheepcast. The date is September 1st, 2020 and I'm Max Park. This begins a new month on our calendar and it doesn't begin a new study. We are continuing with our daily devotional prayer on Colossians. Today's passage is Colossians chapter 3 verses 16 to 17. This is what the word of God reads. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Amen. The Word of God. Today we're reading two verses, verses 16 and 17 which I'm sure you have read or have heard before, as uh, a lot of Christians, of course, memorize these passages from verses 14 to 16, if not all the way to 17. And verse 16 in particular is one of interest to me, as, of course, I was a worship and praise leader. This verse is truly compelling and important for all worship leaders to understand in the role and task that they have in leading worship and the church in song. What we have today is let the word of Christ, the word of Christ, of course, being the word of God itself, the Holy Scriptures, the spirit inspired scriptures, the Bible, as we will call it today, the word of revelation that he has brought to us through his spirit and that he has authored for us to be able to read from. Now, of course, that doesn't mean that God literally sat down and authored the scriptures in the sense that he put a pen in his hand and wrote down everything. But what we mean to say by that, of course, is that God uses human authors and inspires them through the power of the Holy Spirit and the influence of the Spirit in their life and use the means of their life, their stories or narratives, their uh, entireties, their constructs to be able to bring together the Word in whatever inspired method possible. Now, of course, we see that there is one sole author in the connective tissue of Scripture and the clear connective tissue of the redemptive history that is revealed in the Bible. Uh, there is consistency from the beginning of the Bible in Genesis 1 all the way to Revelation, of course, the final chapter of 22. There is, there is no distinction in terms of uh, the clear-cut narrative of Scripture, uh, but there is a distinction within the authors of Scripture, the actual human authors of Scripture. Uh, but what's Im- amazing is that through the span of the writing of the Bible or throughout the span of, re- of the writing of the Bible and the construction of the Bible, and of course, the canonization of Scripture, what we see is an incredible consistency in the message. And this is, of course, not to say that we are to, you know, at, at this point, anyways, we're not arguing for the authenticity of Scripture. I just wanted to bring that across because what Paul is telling us to do is take that word that you can trust to have a foundation of your life and build it upon, um, like build your life upon the foundation of Scripture and the foundation of the, of the revealed word of Christ. Paul says, dwell within you. Let it dwell, right? That's a really powerful thing. I think that Paul is teaching us. Well, I mean, we've already kind of got glimpses of this language, of course, to have Christ. To be in Christ is to, of course, be transformed in heart, in mind. And Paul just takes a little uh, a step further. The word of Christ is something tangible. It's within our hands. It's not something we need to contemplate as to what we need to do. We need to read it. We need to understand it. And we need to let it dwell within us. Um, at church, I pray for our church members every single day that the word of Christ, the word of God, would be cemented in their hearts and their minds. With all wisdom, he says, teaching and admonishing. Okay, so let the word of Christ richly dwell within you. With that said, he says, with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing. So this is where the worship leader component comes into place. We need to understand that worship is a 
not too unlike the pulpit, a form of teaching. It's a form of admonishing. It's not a form of preaching, but it's certainly a form of teaching. And it's a form of admonishing, encouraging the church, building the church. And he says, let it richly, right, richly dwell within you. With the word richly dwelling within us, abundantly, if you will, we are to teach that word and admonish that richly dwelling word within us to one another. Through what means? We're given psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Okay, there's a distinction here. In Ephesians 5.19, we get sort of the same language. I think we can't be certain of the distinction that Paul is making because we don't know what he means by psalms. I mean, we know what he means by psalms. The psalms, of course, are the book of psalms. The psalms, of course, were used, or the psalter was used, of course, as a hymnal back in the days. Even in the early church, in the first, second, third, tenth century churches, before Christian songs started to really come out, what we find is uh, the church was singing hymns, or sorry, singing psalms. And this is exactly what um, Jewish people would do, right? And so in worship of God, they had a psalter, they had these songs, which were considered canonized word, and they would sing the word. Now, I think that is the root of uh, a base understanding of how we are to sing and what we are to sing, right? I think worship needs to be, as much as our teaching is, rooted in the Word of God, the Word of Christ, as Paul says today. It's supposed to richly dwell within us. So we're supposed to read the Word, let it richly dwell within us, have an understanding of it. But not only that, we are to teach and admonish the Word, not only by sitting someone down and having a Bible study, but singing the Word with one another, right? Hymns, of course, you know, we could think of modern hymns, we think of classic hymns, but hymns probably just generally just means, in this case, uh, hymns that, songs that were sung extra-biblically, so extra uh, so not not the psalms, but other songs that were constructed to sing uh, of their gratitude and their exaltation and their glorification of God. Hymns, of course, are prevalent in the church and its church history. Spiritual songs probably refer to something a little bit different. Spiritual songs might be something more of a personal song, a personal song of testimony, a personal song that you would write. Right. Uh, in many cases, the psalms, for example, are personal songs that were written and ultimately canonized. And so not all of the psalms are sung. Uh, that's a, a bit of a misnomer, misunderstanding in, in uh, modern Christian understanding. Not all of the psalms are sung uh, congregationally. A lot of the psalms are not sung congregationally. They're supposed to be sung personally in times of lament, in times of torment, in times of loss, in times of you know darkness and and, and a, a sense of despair. And other other psalms are written for you know congregational exaltation. So then we need to make a distinction between the songs that we sing on a personal level and the songs that we sing, and the songs that we sing congregationally congregationally i think there needs to be of course a general understanding and a general way of exalting and bringing glory and something we can all agree upon to be theologically and biblically true and rich so that it teaches and admonishes but we're also to sing songs on our own so can you write like a song on your own that you sing you know out of the despair and out of the sort of situation that you're in of course of course that's allowed and so paul sort of brings these things together teach and admonish one another right Maybe you sing songs of, of, uh, of the Psalms. Maybe you sing songs of, of godly, exalting songs. And maybe you sing songs of personal testimony to another person to help them. But congregationally, there's things that, songs that we sing safely, and then there are songs that we sing safely within our homes. But the point here is this. With, thank, with thankfulness in your heart. But what is this? Verse 17. This is, this is the important part. Whatever you do in word or deed. So the word of Christ is supposed to richly dwell within us to change word deed and we'll just add thought in there do all in the name of the lord jesus now this is of course a cliched statement do in the name of christ do for the sake of christ do for the glory of god these are things that we throw out in the church sometimes we don't fully understand here's the understanding i would like for you to have i think it just consistently just means throughout scripture to do something in the name of the lord to give thanks to him and just live your life 
for the sake of the Lord, right? Paul would say, whatever you do, eat or drink, sleep or wake, whatever you do, all everything in life, do unto the glory of God. What does that mean? I think it means this. We have little braces. This is WWJD. What would Jesus do? And it's probably with too much of a simplified statement there. Putting that aside, I think the main premise is transferable here. We are to act consistently with the character of Christ, with the template of Christ, in both uh, his, pers- his, his character and his, in his demonstration of who he is, and also a demonstration of what he is, what he does for us, right? I, I need to reword that. Simply this. Christ said, be holy because he is holy. We are to be like Christ, right? Do all in the name of Lord Jesus Christ. Do for the glory of God. Do for the glory, um, you know, exaltation of God or whatever, all these things. These statements are simply rooted in the premise of live your life, right? In everything you do, in everything you say, in everything you think, in everything you want, do as Christ would, right? Who he is and what he would want for us. Do unto the will of the Father, right? I think this is, um, it's so simple, very difficult to apply. And that's why exactly, that's exactly why, sorry, I should say, why the word of Christ needs to richly dwell within us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. And we pray, O oh Lord, that the word of Christ would richly dwell within us all. That we would admonish and teach one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing songs of thankfulness unto you. Whatever we do in word or deed, Help us, O Lord, to do all in the name of Lord Jesus. We pray all this in the name of Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please check out our church Facebook page called Sheepgate Fellowship and our YouTube channel by the same name. You can join us in worship on Sundays via live stream at 1245 p.m. Eastern Time. And the link for that is on our Facebook page. I hope the Lord blesses you this day. And enjoy.